Forgiveness is hard. Anyone who tells you otherwise has obviously never been deeply hurt, and I don't know too many people in that category. Most people have been deeply hurt many times in their lives. I don't know how many of you have seen the movie, the new movie, Unbroken. It's about the late Louis Zamperini, who was a distance runner on the United States Olympic team of 1936. But that's not the aspect of his life that this particular film focuses on. Louis Zamperini also served in the United States Army Air Corps during the Second World War as a bombardier. Well, on May the 27th, 1943, his plane crashed into the Pacific Ocean, where he spent the next 47 days on a raft, desperately trying to stay alive. He was finally rescued. Unfortunately, it was by the Japanese, who promptly sent him to a POW camp until the end of the war in 1945. There, Louis Zamperini was beaten and tortured mercilessly, especially by one particular guard, nicknamed The Bird, who eventually, I read this week, made it onto General Douglas MacArthur's list of the 40 most wanted war criminals in Japan. It's not a good list to be on. He was not a nice guy. The film focuses on Zamperini's experience in the ocean for 47 days and then in the prisoner of war camp. And it ends with him being freed and coming home at the end of the war. It's a good movie. As far as it goes, the problem is it doesn't go far enough. Just before the credits roll at the end of the film, a brief epilogue is posted. You know how they do that now in a lot of these films, what happened to the main characters in the future after the film ends. And in that particular epilogue, it says that Louis Zamperini forgave all the people who had treated him so poorly in those, that POW camp. And then it says that he followed through on the promise he had made to God when he was floating on that raft in the Pacific Ocean. He made a promise to the Lord and said, Lord, if you save me, I will serve you forever. But the viewer is left wondering how exactly did he do that? Not only how did he serve the Lord, but also how did he deal with his anger? How did he deal with those other negative emotions that he must have experienced after all those months in captivity. I mean, these people treated him like an animal, worse than an animal. It couldn't have been easy for Louis Zamperini to forgive them. It had to be an incredible internal struggle. The film, unfortunately, doesn't address any of that. And that's sad. It's one of the defects of the film. A much clearer picture of the struggle to forgive comes through in a book that I mentioned in the homily I gave a couple of weeks ago. The book is called The Price to Pay. And it tells the story, very inspiring story, of a man named Joseph Fidele, who converted to Catholicism from Islam in Iraq during the reign of Saddam Hussein. 
during that time, during the time when Saddam was ruling in Iraq, it was against the law for a Muslim to become a Christian. In fact, it was not only against the law, it was a crime punishable by death. And so Joseph was forced to give up everything. He had to give up his inheritance, which was pretty extensive. His dad was a very wealthy man in Iraq. He gave up his family, most of his family, and his homeland, all to get baptized and enter the church. Oh yes, and did I mention that his brothers and uncle shot him and had him beaten and tortured when they found out that he intended to convert. Eventually, Joseph Fidele, along with his wife and two children, escaped from Iraq and found their way into Jordan, and from there they went to France, where they now live. Which is where the book ends. But not before Joseph makes a very honest admission. He admits that at the time he wrote the book, he still had a lot of work to do in the area of forgiveness. Listen to what he said. It will take time, a lot of time, for me to forgive my family for all that they made me suffer. Prison, torture, lack of money. My family is indeed the cause of all my troubles, and that is the hardest thing for me to accept. I fight every day, though, against that bitterness, knowing very well that it is not Christian, of all the battles I have fought until now, this will certainly be the most difficult. I have asked friends and priests whom I have met to pray for me, that I may truly find the will to forgive. One biblical figure who would find it extremely easy to understand the plights of Joseph Fidele and Louis Samparini is the man we heard about in today's first reading, the prophet Jonah. In that reading, we have a very brief excerpt from his story. Your assignment, by the way, is to open your Bible sometime during the next seven days and read the rest of the story. Read the rest of the book of Jonah. Read it from beginning to end. Father Ray, I don't have time to do that. Oh, yes, you do. The book of Jonah is one of the shortest books in the entire Bible. It's three pages long in most versions, and that includes the introduction. So don't tell me you don't have time. It's a good read, rather entertaining in parts, I might add. The verses we heard this morning occur in the middle of the book. There, the Lord commands Jonah to go to Nineveh and to preach a message of repentance. And Jonah goes which he did not do the first time the Lord called him at the beginning of the book. See, this was the second time he was called to do this. In fact, after the initial call, Jonah got on the very first ship that he could find that was headed in the opposite direction, away from Nineveh. And why was that? It's because he hated the Ninevites, that's why. Nineveh was the capital of Assyria, which at the time was the archenemy of Israel. And Jonah knew what God was about. He knew that the Lord was not only perfectly just, he also knew that God was forgiving, that God was merciful. 
And Jonah had a sneaking suspicion that if he went to the Ninevites and told them to repent, and they actually did repent, then the Lord would not allow their city to be destroyed. But Jonah wanted it destroyed. He wanted Nineveh to go up in flames. He wanted it to fry like Sodom and Gomorrah had so many years earlier. So he ran away. Actually, he sailed away on a ship headed west toward Tarshish. God, in effect, said, uh, not so fast, Jonah. And he threw the ship into a terrible storm. Most of us know this part of the story. Jonah was tossed overboard in the middle of the storm. He was swallowed by a gigantic fish, sometimes referred to as a whale. After spending three days and three nights in the whale's belly, God commanded the creature to spew Jonah up onto the shore, which he did. And that's where today's first reading picks up the story. The Lord says, in effect, Okay, Jonah, let's try this one more time. Go to the people of Nineveh and tell them that unless they repent within 40 days, their entire city will be destroyed. Now, to his credit, Jonah got the message. He had learned his lesson. He learned that it was probably not advisable to defy God a second time. Who knows what would have happened. So as we heard a few moments ago, he went to Nineveh, albeit begrudgingly, and he delivered the message the Lord wanted him to deliver. And amazingly, almost immediately, the whole place repented. This guy, Jonah, is the envy of every person who has ever mounted a pulpit to preach the word of God. <laughs> One day, everybody repents. I'd be happy if half the people repented after one of my homilies. Even a third, a few. <laughs> the whole place. Now at that point, Jonah had a choice to make. He could either forgive and find peace, because the Lord did forgive. Exactly what Jonah didn't want him to do, he did. He forgave the Ninevites, spared the city. So Jonah had the choice. Either forgive the Ninevites himself and find peace, or persist in his anger, his hatred, his bitterness, his unforgiveness, and be miserable. Unfortunately, he chose the latter. He whined like a five-year-old. He pouted. He sulked. He told God he had a right to be angry. I don't know where he got that right from, but he says he had it. It got so bad for the guy that he eventually prayed for death. He said, I can't deal with this anymore, Lord, so please do me a favor. Take my life. See, that's what unforgiveness can do to us. That's what it can do to a person. Destroy them from the inside out. It's what it did to Jonah. We don't know what happened ultimately. I hope and pray that Jonah eventually had a change of heart and made the effort to forgive. As difficult as that would have been for him to do. Yes, my brothers and sisters, forgiveness, real forgiveness, is hard. It's hard, but it's not impossible, as people like Louis Zamperini have demonstrated to the world. 
If you need some help in this regard, if you have somebody in your life now that you're having difficulty with and having trouble forgiving, you might want to check out the Forgiveness Steps insert that I put in the bulletin this week. Some of you have seen these before. These are five very simple steps that you can use when you pray, or any other time for that matter, which can help you to let go of the anger, the bitterness, and all those negative emotions and attitudes that can literally destroy human beings from the inside out. Use those steps. I do all the time. They're very effective. They work. I'll close my homily this morning with something that Louis Zamperini wrote in one of his books. It seems fitting that I should give the last word in my homily today to him. He said this, I think the hardest thing in life is to forgive. Hate is self-destructive. If you hate somebody, you're not hurting the person you hate. You're hurting yourself. It's a healing, actually. It's a real healing. Forgiveness. Very, very wise words spoken by a man who definitely knew what he was talking about. And if you don't believe me, go to see that movie, Unbroken.